Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another episode of Merkaba chakras podcast today we talk to spiritual teacher bruce bernstein who studied the work of the late dr david r hawkins of power versus force now dr david r hawkins was a spiritual teacher and mental health doctor who created the map of consciousness and the map of consciousness is a kinesiology technique that allows people to measure truth versus falsehood based on the energy field that the subject radiates at in the current reality. Now, Bruce has been calibrating the energy field of U.S. politicians to see which has higher energy or not based on his own calibration technique that he developed using his connection to source within, or consciousness. Now, he is working on a book that will be published shortly called Discover Your God Self, The Incredible Secrets of Your Spiritual Nature Revealed. So with that, Bruce, welcome to Makaba Chakras. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, having me on the show. Uh, Thank you for taking the invitation. Um, I love to talk about consciousness and bring different perspectives to the table and hopefully we can all piece this all together and get the best experience out of our current life now so um i'm very open to the different uh perspectives that you bring forth with your work as well about conscious now consciousness now there's so much to discuss but today we're going to get some insight into your current book project that is based off of your specific calibration technique that you developed and how to have a direct connection with your higher self. And again, I know I presented quite a bit um, of different modalities to have that connection to your higher self. So this is, again, another method in which you can try and work on having that connection to your higher self. So um, before we get into some of these other topics about consciousness and your calibration technique, Bruce, can you tell us your story for how you got into this work in the first place? Well, that's a very long story, so I'll try to give you an abbreviated version. Um, the um, Back in the 1980s, I was living life the way most people at that time did, thinking I was happy, doing what you're supposed to do. You know, I graduated college. I went and got a job. I was hanging out with my friends and all those things. And underneath it all, I was very uncomfortable with myself, very uncomfortable with life. But that's not the facade that I put out there for people to see. They saw just a a happy, well-adjusted person who was doing great living in New York City. And, um, but underneath it all, that wasn't true. Now, I didn't know that then. I thought that I was happy. I thought that's what it was all about. And then some rather odd things started to happen to get my attention. And, um, and that's when things started to change for me. And that's when I started to do some research. And I was kind of put on this path of spirituality. And at that point, I knew nothing about it. I mean, I was not religious at all. Um, I was not really too interested in any of that. I was interested in getting, keeping my good job 
ultimately starting my own business and making a lot of money. That's what I really wanted to do. And the, the spiritual aspect of life was something that I really had no interest in. And then these weird things started to happen. For example, I was laying in my, um, my bed in my one room efficiency apartment on 13th street on the East village of New York. And, um, I was awakened in the middle of the night by a slap in the face. Literally, I was slapped in the face. And Hilarious. You never hear that kind of stuff. That's a rude awakening. <laughs> it was a rude awakening. And it, at the time, I woke up and I felt the sting on my face. And I was like, what is that? What is going on here? And I'm looking around. I'm the only one in the room. Where did that come from? Another time, I woke up. And um, this one I just remembered. I hadn't remembered this for a long time. It felt like there was some something little scurrying around the outskirts of my bed, of my mattress, which was a, a queen size bed. And I was alone in the bed, in the apartment. And it was almost like, you know, little pitter batter of little feet, like a rat or something. And it was not that, clearly. Um, and that was another weird thing that happened. And, and shortly after these things started to happen to get my attention. And at first I was just writing them off as coincidences or just, you know, bad dreams or whatever. And then, you know, they, they kept happening. Things like that kept happening. And I found myself one day walking through the East Village down, I don't remember, 9th Street, 7th Street, somewhere around 1st Avenue. And I went into a little bookstore. And it was a metaphysical bookstore, actually, that specialized in Wiccan materials. I did not know anything about Wicca. I didn't know anything about metaphysical bookstore, but I was drawn to it. And I went downstairs and went in and was kind of drawn to some books on a, um, on one of the shelves and bought some of them. One of them I think was about chakras. Another one, which I knew nothing about, never even heard that word. Another one was about astral projection, which I had heard about and I was really interested in. I was like, okay, I want to do that. And, uh, and I don't remember what the third one was. And, and um, I bought them and left and started reading. And that was kind of what started me on this path of exploring. And I'm convinced that, you know, that was my, my, um, my inner being getting my attention and putting me on a path that I was supposed to be on in this lifetime. And many, many, many years later, you know, that was 1982 or 83 or something like that. So we're talking... 30 years, 37, almost 40 years later, you know, here I am. And I've been working on the spiritual aspect and learning things ever since. Right, right. Now, um, didn't you also have a bike accident that was kind of, kind of kicked more into gear your journey? Um, I wouldn't say that it kicked it more into gear. I would say that it was very much a, kind of a culmination of everything that I have already had already learned and experienced. Yes. The answer to that question is yes. Jumping way ahead. That happened in 2015. As a matter of fact, Tuesday, this coming Tuesday is my five-year anniversary. Congratulations on the bike accident. <laughs> it's October 20th, 2015. It's like my new birthday, I guess. Yeah. And, um, I was riding my bike as I did every day for exercise. I rode a road bike. I, I still ride a road bike. And um, I was hit from behind by somebody who was likely going about 45 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. And um, I was thrown, obviously, from the bike um, over the car, across the street. The bike went one way. I went another way. And um, it was a pretty bad accident. I had broken bones pretty much from head to toe, literally, starting with my forehead being um, broken all the way down to the little toe on my left foot and many in between. There were like somewhere between 12 to 15 broken bones. I only say that because there were several ribs broken, but in the reports that I saw, they never said how many, they just said several ribs being broken. And so I don't know how many of those are broken, but yeah, I, I had uh, broke my humerus, my sternum. Of course this, I had a, uh, a compound, not a compound, a burst fracture of T4 vertebrae in my back, as well as a um, compression fracture of L1 in my back. The surgeon who, who 
fixed my back was said it was a miracle that I did not have spinal cord damage and wasn't paralyzed. I had a uh, complete separation of my femur on my right leg, which now has almost as much, maybe even more titanium than my back still has in it. And um, the doctor who put that back together said it was a miracle I hadn't bled out and died when he went in and finally got to fix it because we had to wait for a couple of days before they could do that one. Um, he said that he'd never seen anything like it and I should have bled out and died, but I didn't. Um, in addition to all those injuries, it's really what makes it more interesting is I had spoken, when I go out on my bike rides, I find it, and when I used to run many years ago, I don't run anymore. Um, it's very, it's much easier for me to communicate with my inner selves, with my true self, with my God self. And several days, be, so when I go out on the bike, that's when I commune with that part of myself. It's almost like a meditative state for me. And several days before, I was having several health issues. And I said to my higher self, okay, I'm turning this over to you, which I'd never done before. That was a test for me, essentially. And I didn't put any caveats on it, other than I said, just don't hurt me. And so what's really interesting is I have no memory of any real pain from that whole thing. All of the things that I wanted to, there were three things in particular that I said, I need help with this. I just have been trying to heal it myself and I'm not having any success. I hadn't been going to doctors for any of it. And, um, and so I turned it over and all of those things were addressed and are now considerably better, if not completely gone. And the, but, but what I had to live through to get to that point. So it's a careful, what you wish for type of a thing. I put the caveat in, just don't hurt me. Well, the reality is I have no memory of any pain from any of that. The first memory that I have of pain is the first day that I got out of my bed when they were teaching me how to walk again, which is probably three and a half weeks after I'd gotten there. And when you are in bed like that for that long, your muscles completely atrophy and you have to relearn how to walk. And I did. And so for me, you know, just that day, taking two steps that first day was considered more than enough. And then they put me back in, into bed. And that, that was the most difficult thing I ever had to do, which was getting out of bed at that moment, that first time. And when I got up, that's when I first experienced any real pain that I can recall. Right, right. Well, good thing that you recovered and that consciousness did not give you any pain during that process. <laughs> so, I guess you did get what you want, but it's kind of like when you ask right. the genie and they're like, well, your wishes. That's exactly right. And I, I, I would not have wanted it to occur that way. I would have wanted a much more subtle and enjoyable experience to, to take care of those three issues. That would have been much nicer. That's what right. I was expecting. I was expecting some kind of miracle where all of a sudden I would wake up the next day and everything was just okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> Not what happened. Not what happened. You got me. For, you really have to be very specific when you, um, when you ask things. Yeah, sometimes the universe is like, okay, well, I will check this box and this box and this box, but that leaves it open for all this other great stuff. <laughs> so, you now, three things. You never specified a method. Yeah, that, that, that's like what the genie always says. Well, you never told me how I'm supposed to do it. <laughs> so, well, let's let's shift from that. Um, now, you, along your, your quest for spiritual insights and um, knowledge, you ended up coming across and studying and meeting with the late Dr. David R. Hawkins, who developed the map of consciousness. And, and um, you know, which is a scale that he used to use applied kinesiology to measure truth versus falsehood. What was it like meeting Dr. Hawkins? It was very interesting um, and very enjoyable. He was not a very um, friendly individual. Um, you know, he was very businesslike. In, in, there, there were two meetings, I would say. It was one, a private meeting, a 30-minute private session that I had with him. I may have been one of the last people to actually have that privilege. And um, then there was two days later, an all day seminar that went from maybe 10 till four in the afternoon or something like that, where he was um, 
doing his thing. And um, there was a, you know, a, a break for lunch in between. And then after that, I went up and spoke to him as well. I think I went up and spoke to him during the break and he was like in some kind of trance or something. And I was like standing in front of him. Finally, I said, Dr. Hawkins. And he was like, hello. It's almost like I, 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 even though his eyes were open and he seemed to be looking at me, he seemed to be unaware that I was there, and which was kind of interesting. I mean, I just saw him a day before and I was just going over to say, hey, how you doing? Kind of a thing. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, ready for that, uh, that moment where he just, kind of snapped out of something and kind of saw me and at first didn't even recognize who I was. Um, yeah, I, I watch all of any footage I can, video footage of Dr. Hawkins. And um, I've noticed that he's kind of in and out. <laughs> it was interesting. And what, what was even more interesting and I found, found fascinating, he actually smoked cigarettes and was doing it unabashedly he had no fear of it. Of course, he wasn't smoking the kind that most people would buy. He was smoking some other all-natural kind of cigarette that didn't have chemicals in it. Somebody asked him about it in yeah, yeah. the uh, seminar. And he mentioned something like, well, the thing that's really the most dangerous about that is the chemicals in the, you know, the regular manufactured cigarettes yeah. or something like that. Yeah, he, he smokes the natural hemp. He, he, no, it wasn't hemp. It was tobacco. It was oh, tobacco. okay. And... Um, he wasn't recommending that people do that, by the way. Mm -hmm. He just had attained a high enough level of consciousness where his body was not going to be affected by things of that nature that he did to it. And so, um, but yeah, he was, a, he was a very interesting person. What he spoke about in that particular um, seminar was very interesting stuff. It was about going through the final door to enlightenment when you fully let go of the ego self or transcend it. And um, it was really kind of interesting because at one point I got the feeling, am I in the right place here? Is this like a Jim Jones, you know, drink the Kool-Aid and we're all going to die kind of a thing? Because he was speaking in those kinds of terms in this particular moment. It wasn't that clearly. And that was never something that would have happened. But I was sitting there listening to him and thinking, oh, this is kind of bizarre at, at times. Um, when we had Yeah, he can get really esoteric. And if you're not in the space of kind of uh, where the teaching is, it you can see it as kind of like, is this the Jim Jones kind of thing where it's not, where he's really talking about ego death and letting go of ego identity and embracing consciousness. Well, it was but, almost like a cult type of a thing when he was talking at this one particular um, juncture. It only lasted for about 10 minutes where that kind of struck me that way. I was listening intently to him. This was like back in, I don't know, 2002, maybe something. Mm -hmm. like that. And, um, uh, but during, during my, um, my meeting, my private meeting with him, it was nothing like that at all. It, it was, in fact, I had came with a whole list of questions I'd written down and was hoping to get some answers to and to discuss. And he immediately stole that opportunity from me as soon as we sat down and I was started to ask a question. He's like, oh, no, 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 we're, we're not going to do that. We're just going <laughs> to sit here and share the energy. And we did talk that's about perfect. that. That's perfect. <laughs> And he asked me questions and, and I asked him some, but none of the questions I wanted to ask. And, and as I'm sitting there, I felt myself actually feeling like I was floating above the chair that I was sitting in because the energy in that room was that profound. Same thing occurred in the seminar where the energy was so great and I was in the presence of it for so long that later on that evening, like one o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. I was speaking with a friend and she could feel the energy coming off of me. She started right. to feel it. It's the energy and, of the teacher. Yeah. It's the energy it, of his, his aura field. You know, I never even thought about what it was. I just knew it was the energy that was emanating from him. And uh, it could have been that, you know, I have no idea. But it was quite pleasant, by the way. It was, there was nothing unpleasant about it. It was quite right. Now, you went from studying or um studying and knowing of his method and i've been using um D dr hawkins method of kinesiology for over 20 years as another I, I use a lot of different modalities to kind of fact check support different things that i'm working on and 
his is one of the modalities. And um, Dr. Hawkins' modality is everybody has to, who's doing it, the two people have to be at least 200 points or higher in his map of consciousness in terms of integrity, um, which I think he said there was only maybe 15 to 20% of humanity or society at the time that he was doing it. Uh, radiates at and then they can't be atheists they have to have a belief in conscious or something higher themselves um because uh you have in order to ask consciousness you have to have a belief in consciousness and then that you can't be biased to any questions because that would kind of off skew it um as well so i've i've used it but you you went off and you created your own kinesiology method, or you're not a kinesi, but your own method of calibrating things. Um, so can you tell us the journey of how you came about creating your own method to measuring um, the energy of different subjects? I can't take credit for it. I won't say that I created it. I would say that it was given to me. It was shown to me. Um, going back to kinesiology, I tend in my life, I've tended to be not a loner. I love people and I enjoy being around them, but I spend a lot of time alone. And so that presented a problem in terms of kinesiology when you're supposed to do it with two people because there were not two people around very often. And as you said, you know, the finding another person who calibrated above 200, that, that was never too difficult for me. I seemed to attract those people to me. So that was not really much of a problem, but they were not necessarily into these things. And, you know, I, I never felt like it was my job to impose myself on them or make them feel uncomfortable in any way. So I rarely would ask them. I, I did ask, I did do some of that with my sister-in-law and some other people. Um, but so that created a problem. So what I first, I first then learned of a uh, technique to do applied kinesiology using your fingers by yourself Right. Muscle testing your fingers. Yeah, that's a very yeah. common one. Mm -hmm. And um, and it does work. It's not, I don't know if it's as accurate as using two people um, or not, because I never tested one versus the other. Mm -hmm. I found that it does work, but it did have its limitations at times. And I think that a, a predisposed um, feeling about what an answer might or might not be does tend to get in the way of the accuracy of that at times. And so I was always a little frustrated because I wanted to test, as you said that you were doing, you know, working to validate things that you're reading or validate things that you're hearing or learning or understanding them better just by testing one aspect or another. It's just a part, it's just another tool. Like meditation is a tool to higher consciousness. This is a tool. It's not something to be relied upon, but it is something that has value and that can be used in an appropriate way. And so one day I was in the shower and one of my little external friends came to me and, and said, I want you to try this. And I did while I was in the shower and, and I was like, Oh, that's pretty interesting. And then he said, okay, use that now. And that was it. There wasn't much instruction and there wasn't, there weren't a whole lot. What did lot you try? What did you try? It's just a, it's a, it, I can't really teach that process to you in a, in a second, but it's, it's all about thought, the energy of thought and using the body as a communication mechanism, listening to the body for your, um, for, for your answers of, and basically it's, it started really as black and white, true or false. Um, just as the applied kinesiology did, but then it really became, it moved past that. I still use it mostly in that way, but there are other times when, when, um, well, let's just say that it's a, it's a bridge. It's a tool. It's a bridge to being able to speak, communicate with your God self and your true self, your higher self within. And when I say speak, I'm talking about having an internal conversation within your body and mind, you're not speaking out loud, although you can, and actually hear an answer. And so this is like a stepping stone and a tool to being able to do that. And that's something that I will ultimately create an online course and I will teach people all about that because I think it's important for people to do that. Now, not everybody would be successful just with, as in applied kinesiology, you know, where the 200 is the level, not everybody is going to be able to immediately speak and hear their inner self in that way. 
right. it takes a little bit of time. But the right. one thing that I have found and tested with my process is that you don't have to be over 200 to use it and to use it accurately. And it, it helps, but it's not a, a requirement, which I always thought was good because who would need a process like this the most? It would be the people who calibrate the lowest so that they have a sense of what's right and what is wrong, what is true and what is false. And, and to me, so, so having a, a tool that people who are not of higher consciousness already can use would be, I think, of great value in lifting the consciousness of the planet and of themselves and ultimately of the whole the planet. Right. Let's get into some of your calibrations because you bring up some really good points because, I mean, just like Dr. Hawkins said in his work, about 80% of humanity is um, below 200. And so, of course, we're going to kind of run around and chase our tails for a while until we figure it out one hard knock lesson after another. Um, but a lot of that, yes. <laughs> many, many centuries. Yeah, the children do not always listen to what's good for them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but sometimes they don't listen and they have to learn on the the hard way. So it's we're an infinite anyway. So what's the rush? That. It's all about the journey anyways. Our, hum, our human nature prefers to learn things the hard way, unfortunately. Yeah, usually most, most of the time, I know I found it with uh, my work and up, studying other people's work when it comes to the clients that they work with. Most of the time, people do what's right or good for them when they are left no other choices they've already run the <laughs> which is an unfortunate way to live i mean wouldn't it be much more pleasant if you could just figure it out right away yeah you would you would think or you know people have people have already gone down that road they've they've shown you the the things not to to do the things to avoid but you still have to learn it for yourself so it's okay you know it's okay um it's all on a journey it's it's part of the dharma that we play in so that's exactly right you know it's just it's what it really comes down to in this particular instance is the ego self is trying to distract us from reality and so play these games and, and put up all these hurdles that we must overcome and all create all these puzzles that we have to put together but the reality is that's not the way it all really works that's just we following the wrong voice within and being led by it and and so it takes us on all these different places until we finally hit a dead end and we figure there's got to be a better way right right so let's get to the calibrations because um you know, on, on your website, when using your method and, you know, when you silence the mind chatter and you open the heart to consciousness and, and ask your question that what answer comes in, it may lead you a little further down the rabbit hole. You may not get the full answer right then and there. And that's happened as well. But in your method, you're getting a straight answer. So, um, you know, on your website, you use your method to calibrate um, you as politicians at this time. <laughs> and I, my husband and I have calibrated some of these, um, these you as politicians and the, your calibrations are very, very close to the calibrations that my husband and I have had as well. So the method is, 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 is right in the same ballpark as Dr. Hawkins. So let's go over some of these calibrations and can you tell us again, why you are releasing some of these very controversial calibrations on U.S. politicians at this time in the U.S.? I don't consider them to be controversial, and okay. it's not my intention to be controversial with them. It's not my intention to tell any, if you notice on the website, I don't tell anybody what to vote for or who to vote for. I'm just putting the information out there, and it's up to you to make your choice. Right, because right. In our, in our current day, the world has gotten in the last 20 years, really, but certainly more of the last four, where truth and falsehood have become a very blurry picture. They've melded together and nobody knows what's true and what reality is anymore. So I felt, okay, if if the world is going to get a handle on this, we need to start having a better understanding of where people are coming from. 
And obviously the map of consciousness is a very good uh, measurement system for that because Dr. Hawkins laid it all out. It's an algorithm system and the higher you are it, on the, the scale, the greater your level of consciousness in an algorithmic way. It's not just step by step where, mm -hmm. where 10 is, is 10 times higher than one, 10 is maybe a hundred times higher than one. And so if, if we, it was my feeling that if we understood, and I, I, I was go, intended to do a whole lot more before the election, but I got sidetracked with the book that I'm writing and I just felt like, you know, which needs to be finished, which needs to be finished because right. it's a good go contribution to, to the, Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to calibrate MSNBC. I calibrated Fox News. I wanted to calibrate MSNBC. I want, and there were a whole host of other political entities and beings and people that I wanted to, to talk about and, and calibrate. Um, but I felt that it was important if, if you knew a politician who you like is calibrating at 140. Well, what does that tell you about the politician and right. his, his willingness, shall we say, Right. to tell you the truth. Right. Um, and if you, are, if you are gravitating toward that particular individual, whoever they may be, what does it tell you about yourself and your own calibration? And maybe you should look inside yourself and see, okay, maybe there are some things I can do to increase my consciousness and reach for greater happiness and health. Because that's ultimately what comes with greater consciousness is increased happiness and health. Right, right. So... Let's let's go over and, and just for people who are not aware of what the scale that we're talking about with the map of consciousness scale that Dr. Hawkins did, um, the calibration technique that Bruce Bernstein, his method to calibrate the energy field um, is an, a different method than Dr. Hawkins method of calibrating energy field. And then they take those calibration, the, the, the number of whatever energy it radiates at and they measure it against the map of consciousness, which goes from zero up to a thousand, which is like Buddhahood, which is like you've mastered the matrix or in, um, this, in this realm, in this realm. So that's just the basic premise. So the avatars, the luminaries of the past, like um, Yeshua, Buddha, um, Vishnu, those, those figures in history reach a thousand according to the map of consciousness and, and so others as well by the way and many 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 yeah many other many women many men many others so i just given you some basic ideas so if you can do your research on that but that's the basic premise now i'm going to go over some calibrations and you know, again keep this in, in mind we're not telling you what to vote for who to vote for or anything else like that it is a method that is available to um, to use and measure, you know, whatever topic you are considering. So, um, so Donald Trump, out of zero to a thousand, you got one forty-six. He didn't even reach two hundred. That was actually Not the second time I calibrated him too. The first time I think it was a little bit higher, and over the years between the two calibrations. His um, his level of consciousness did did uh, say call it reverse. <laughs> right, right. So two hundred. Right. So just so everybody knows, when you're using this method, two hundred according to the map of consciousness scale that Dr. Hawkins created um, in his lifetime is a basic benchmark of integrity. That's an integrous person. They're probably not going to stab you on the back or you know, do any kind of like, un you know lesser character things um that's somebody who is going to come through when they say they're going to do something they're going to do the best they can to come through with it or they're not going to take up that offering okay those are the type of people it's just integrity so 200 well, it's also about intention in right. other words you know what, what are your intentions what what are you really going for if you are below 200 you have very little interest if any at all in anybody else right you, you're, you're still ego-minded you're interested in yourself and in grabbing and taking whatever it is that you can get for yourself. And it doesn't matter to you what the consequences are to anybody else. Right, right. And just so everybody knows, when they're looking at the map of consciousness, zero to 100 is basic survival animal instincts, like a snake or, you know, whatever. Um, 
200 is integrity. So this is what we're going through. And then above 200 goes up the scales. So um, it is a level of enlightenment, the first opening level of enlightenment. And then there are many levels in between. Right, um, right. Just, just to clarify one thing, I'm using the same map of consciousness as a, as a scale, um, rather than using applied kinesiology as the method to calibrate something to the scale. I'm just using this new method that I hope yeah. to teach. People right. in the, and right. so, so it's the same. It's all the same. It's just a different method being used to, to do the calibrations. Right. But we're, we're measuring it under against the map of consciousness scale. Um, but it's a, it's a different method. So if you're not um, red, resonating with the Dr. Hawkins method, Bruce Bernstein has another method to calibrate um, that you can try as well. And then there's other methods to calibrate too. I know in Buddhism, we use gamma brainwave meditation to calibrate things. So um, there's a lot of different tools in the toolbox that are available to you. Mike Pence, you got 212, just barely over the hump. <laughs> Not enough to have much of a backbone, but barely over. So that explains a lot right there. Um, Joe Biden, 433. So um, much, much higher not to the point of enlightenment. Enlightenment is, I think, 600 in the map of consciousness. Correct. And anything over 600 is really hard for people, according to Dr. Hawkins, um, to radiate at much higher than that while they're living because they feel a lot of energy and a lot of pain. So, um, but um, just so well, people... Hawkins himself calibrated higher than that. Yeah, and he felt a lot of pain. <laughs> complain about it all the time um i watch i I tell you when i when i i'm like a dog on a bone when i follow something i follow to every every sentence um but okay so kamala harris 429 so very close to joe um biden um this is the intellectual most intellectual people kind of get into the 400s um logical thinking um now, we also have Elizabeth Warren at 525. And that is very interesting that you got 525 for Elizabeth Warren because Kamala and Elizabeth Warren were the two running mates that Joe Biden had chosen. And I find it very interesting that he chose the one closest to his calibration than the one that's like a, almost 100 points higher in energy than his own. <laughs> and that's interesting. You know, I, I hadn't even considered that. You know, when I do the calibrations, I don't sit there and analyze them afterwards. And you mentioned it to me um, when we first spoke. And I thought, oh, wow, that's pretty interesting. I didn't even notice that. Uh, yeah. I really wish you would have, um, you could me measure or calibrate the energy field of um, Bernie Sanders. Because it was my intention to do that, I just didn't get to it because I decided I needed to spend less time writing blog posts and I needed to finish my book and then I'll go back to the blog. Yeah. Post. Cause I, I calibrate my husband and I, we calibrated Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren um, to be the, the dream team. Cause they oh, were yeah. very, very close in energy fields and we called them the dream team. But of course it is no surprise that they didn't become the dream team reality ticket because the consciousness level of the population that is voting is going to vote for typically the one that's closest to what they are at. So, um, which I would suggest that that's um, a fairly astute observation. That yeah, you know, that yeah. they were too. They were, they could have been just a little too high on the scale, and people were not. They weren't feeling it, so to speak. They weren't feeling it. Yeah, and that I remember. Um, many seminars of Dr. Hawkins, who would say the people in a specific area get the politicians that are closest to them. That they deserve, yeah. That they deserve, that exactly the word, that they get what they deserve. <laughs> it sounds right. kind of mean, but. Based upon a, the energy fields that they're, they're putting out. So I, what I found interesting in that calibration that you did between that is that um, with the dream team of Elizabeth Warren and um, Bernie Sanders, that many people consider the dream team, um, they really resonate with a lot of younger voters and not so much um, older voters. And I wonder why, um, why the difference, you know, well, is the younger generation or coming 
into the fold of higher calibration. That's why they resonate with these higher figures. Yes. I mean, what is it? Yes, they, they, um, in the millennial group in particular, there were a lot of higher consciousness beings born into that age category. And what's the age category of that you found? I, I never. Like, you never found. So millennials. Millennials are close to millennials. Yeah, so. millennials and, and, and younger. I mean, there's a lot of higher consciousness beings being born into bodies, at, you know, basically starting, let's say, 30 years ago and, um, you know, and continuing today. Not all of them, clearly. Yeah. But there, there's more of the, you know, of higher consciousness beings entering bodies at this point. And when I say higher, uh, um, it's more in terms of um, quantity, but also in terms of calibrated level of consciousness. So that's really good to hear. That's really good to hear because that actually falls in line with in, in Buddhism and in many um, indigenous beliefs, the beliefs are that um, old, old souls and wise beings are incarnating in mass and they're coming in with their wisdom. Um, and so that makes sense that they will have high energy fields. Yes. And, and it also makes sense in that that's kind of the world needs that if it is to survive. Yeah. So there is hope everyone, the young generation millennials and around this gap and younger, we're getting high, higher energy people and they are gravitating to higher energy figures. Now let's not lead people though. That does not to say that if you're a millennial, you're a higher consciousness. (laughs) But there's more than before. There's maybe 5% higher consciousness beings being born into bodies 50 years ago to maybe 10 or 15%. That still leaves another 85%. Well, everybody, it's everybody's job to grow and improve in consciousness and increase in consciousness. Everybody. Right, right. You are. Even if you're at a thousand, you're even more so, you're striving to do more. Exactly, exactly. So have hope, people. Have hope. Have hope. The children and the young adults are, um, it's not lost. It's not lost yet, but you got to keep working at it. And and even those that feel like they're in a good place, if you're not walking on water, you're not there yet. (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, let's go. Now, the next one that you got, and some people will be like, no, those are wrong calibrations, and they're going to really argue with it, but I'm just going to say what it is. So, Barack Obama, 565. Michelle Obama, 531. Uh, you like attracts like, like Dr. Hawk, birds of a feather. I mean, they're both in the fives. Of course, they would. And they were calibrated at two different times, and I didn't remember which one was which or, you know, where the calibrated level was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah so very very common that i mean and and i know in um if you get your work controversial about it though if you look at what the man tried to do he he was never working for himself mm-hmm. he was always trying to make things better for others now you may not agree with his policies and the way he tried to do that that's a matter of of debate how to best do that. But there can be no question that he wasn't trying to improve the lives of others. Right, right. Yeah, some people is going, they, they really will have issue because they think the opposite of your calibrations. But these are the calibrations, people. So the next one is Fox News Channel. You actually calibrated the whole channel, huh? <laughs> well, I did it at individuals and then the channel as a group. If you remember... In Hawkins' books, he calibrated the Democratic Party. He calibrated Democratic philosophy. Um, and then he did calibrate a couple of people. He calibrated George Bush, George W. Bush. And he calibrated um, the guy he ran against. Well, it just slipped out of my head. Vietnam <laughs> veteran. Uh, McCain? No, pr- prior. Whew, you're really going back in time for me, honey. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I remember he calibrated a lot of people. He even calibrated Napoleon and kind of went into some fun stuff as well. <laughs> yeah. um, but Fox News Channel, you got 136. That's pretty low. <laughs> no wonder it's entertainment and not news. They even say that on the prompt. <laughs> I know. This is, I think that that was funny. I was like, okay, well, 
136 is barely above like 100, which I said zero to 100 is basically primal. <laughs> you know, it's like a Kamala dragon trying to get out, stick out for itself, <laughs> trying to it survive. Too, that it was that low as well. But then you must remember that they did invent fake news. And Ooh, so, that's going to be controversial for some people because they they I'm they sure they, they suck on it that, like it's a lifeline, like it's the truth. But right, but the reality is, there's no such thing as fake news until they came in and started making things up, which yeah. did happen. No, no, I've I've seen some I've seen some I've seen some stuff where different countries will say that did not happen in our country. Stop reporting it on your channel. Um, but yeah, it, it it I thought that was really kind of interesting that it was one thirty six because some people are going to really have a challenge with it being so low. I mean that's 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 almost at bare survival. Like that's bad news bear. I expected it to be just over 200 before I went in and did it. So I was very surprised. That's like doomsday all the time. Turn the channel. Every channel is everything that's talked about is doomsday and fear porn. And is that what every single one of the dialogue is for show after show is doomsday fear porn and how we're going to get down the train wreck? I don't watch it. So I, I couldn't really say. Yeah. But some people that's what they, and, and so, um, it is it is interesting that you get a lot of um, really extreme viewpoints from that channel. So I found that very interesting. Now you also went through Andrew Cuomo, the New York City governor, and he's at four ninety nine. That yeah, I felt at the time when when I did that calibration, that's when the uh, pandemic was really in full swing in New York, and he was doing a really good job. And I I it, it was easy to see. It was easy to see he cared for the people. Right. And yeah. so I thought, oh, let's, yeah. let's calibrate him just to see, you know, see where he is. And so that's yeah. why I, I chose him at that particular time. There was no other reason other than, you know, that's a, that's a very pressing um, issue. At right, that right. And, and now remember... Trusted when he talks. Right, right. And now remember, people, you know, these scales are not fixed. I mean, people's energy fields can expand or contract depending on, you know, what they're, they're doing or working on. So um, now you also calibrate the U.S. Supreme Court, the institution itself, and that calibrate at 677, which is really high. So the concept uh, and the institution of the U.S. Supreme Court um, function or body is right there at the level of enlightenment. Now, the things that come through and the people that come through are not at the level of enlightenment Absolutely and they're trying true. to live up to those standards. Well, in some cases, they're not even trying so hard. <laughs> the concept of what it is and, uh, and of essentially a component, a key component or what was a key component of the United States government which also calibrated, I haven't calibrated it, but I think Hawkins mentioned it, calibrates fairly high compared to other governments around the world. It did. What it does today, I couldn't tell you. Right, I right. doubt that it would calibrate to the same level. But the concept of it still should be relatively high because the concept behind it. The principles behind it is high. Right. Yeah. The principles the and living up to principles are two different things. Yes. And, and the individuals in the Supreme Court I would be hard pressed to think of even one that I would even test to see if they calibrated above 600. I'm guessing none of them do. And, and there's good reason for that. Same thing in politics. You're not going to find people who calibrate over that level doing much public service like that because they don't have the patience for it or the desire to do it. They, they'd just much rather live a much more settled and happy and anonymous life. Yeah, I remember listening to Hawkins and he would say, you know, there's always that grandma in Russia that's calibrating at 800, just guarding away at this high field. And it's just peace and love and all in her neighborhood. <laughs> so I totally get that. Now, um, so I'm going to run through some of these really quickly, too, because I want to get into um, the questions about your books. Um, so you got Chief Justice John G. Roberts at 399. And you have the late... Ruth Bader Ginsburg at 444, which 444 is an angel number, you know, so uh, maybe she got her wings on the other side. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, bless her heart. But yeah, she was, she's up there. She, and then you have the Justice Brett 
M. Kavanaugh at 316. Um, so they, a lot of these Supreme Justices are over 200 integrists, but are they high enough to have a backbone and do what's right? than to be pushed around because i calibrated um the governor of florida where i live is in florida ron DeSantis, and he calibrated i i don't remember what the number is but i think it was over 300 and but based on his behavior you would never think that he would calibrate that high so one thing when you talk about somebody's calibrated level of consciousness a that has nothing at all to do with intelligence and B, or, or knowledge or, or education. And B, it also is not necessarily, until you get to higher levels, going to be a major factor in determining behavior. When yeah. Because the ego self is still very prevalent at those lower levels. Yeah. And yeah. that's where people are living from. And you have not at that point transcended the ego, even at 550, you've not transcended the ego yet. So the reality is that the, for a, a person that calibrates in the 300s, they can do the right thing. Everybody can. Um, are they more likely to or less likely to than somebody who is below 200? Yeah, probably they're more likely to, but that's not a guarantee that they're going to do the right thing. But would you say that if somebody does the right thing that more of the right things every time they make a decision than being pushed and pulled by external influences that that would help raise their energy field if they're doing the right thing according to what their personal understanding is that i don't know that it would raise it but it wouldn't lower it if they're doing okay. if they're making choices based upon outer world pressure in other words if you're a judge and you're hearing a case you know what the law is, and you're supposed to forget what spirituality says. You're supposed to be administering the law. And so if you are abiding by the law, then that's a good thing. Now, if you're interpreting the law, as the Supreme Court justices are often asked to do, yeah. they're not abiding by it like a lower court judge is. They're creating new law, essentially, right. through their interpretations of the current laws. And so when, when yeah. that happens, that that's a different realm. Right. Because interpretation can come with bias. Yes. And, that's and bias where... can come with pressure. And it may, exactly. it may not be um, the best solution of all the solutions. And so, well, so. well, a higher calibrating judge isn't necessarily going to make what is a right call, depending upon what the outer world influences are pressing upon him or her. Right, right, right. So um, you ha you went through the U.S. Congress, Gabriel 138. <laughs> not surprise anybody. I'm not surprised. No one would never get anything done. They always murk at Like I said, zero to 100, the closer you get to 100, is just primal instincts. Right. And we're going to get to the higher levels of consciousness and logic and reason and sensibilities. just... <laughs> It's just now watching that's a cat fight. When I when I calibrated that, that's the current the current. <laughs> watching a cat fight, you guys. No wonder we haven't got our stimulus, and everybody else in the world has. Um, okay, I'm going to run through these last ones really quickly. The Republican members of the U.S. Congress, two twelve, barely above integrity. Democratic members of U.S. Congress, two twenty three, very close to each other. No wonder it's really hard to pick and choose. Right. Um, yeah, when they're fighting, that brings down the whole institution. <laughs> whatever it was oh if you like a good chicken fight or cat fight just watch u.s politics because they're pretty much where they're the same animals just wearing different outfits so, all right well i should run for political <laughs> office and i said no there's, there's <laughs> nothing about that that appeals to me i, I don't want to get into the into the arena and fight like a child with these other people over silly things right not, so not that right. the work that they do could not be important. It is, but they fight over silly things. Yeah, right. So everybody, you know, I mean, I'm just going to leave. I mean, those are really fun calibrations. U.S. politics is always going to be entertaining to calibrate and watch. And so, um, you know, Dr. D David R. Hawkins always said when he calibrated most politicians, he said they're all Marquettes, they're all Marquettes people. This is cats fighting. <laughs> 
so they're all more cats and my husband's grandma used to always say people would do what they do <laughs> just let it go forgive and move on with your life so anyways that's kind of fun but um you know so everybody politics is not the end all be all there are other areas of life that you can work on that will make more of a difference that isn't a bunch of chicken fighting. <laughs> okay. So, um, so look into some of the other areas of life. So now let's get into um, shift focus and talk about your book. Can you explain what the paradox of man is? Well, I don't know that I would, label it as the paradox of man, but that's not a bad way to, to say it. I just call it what Hawkins called it, which was the duality within. And essentially it's the love versus fear. It's my, Hawkins never wrote this, but I came to this understanding many, many years ago that there's only two things inside of us. There's love and there's fear. And every emotion comes from one or the other. If you take it down to its most fundamental and basic aspect, every emotion is based in one or the other, love or fear. So that's the duality within, and that's the paradox that we have to figure out ourselves. What, what voice do we want to listen to? And my book lays out for people, it's, it's, I did change the name since you and I last spoke, it's Discovering the, Your God Self, not Discover, Discovering Your God Self, the, uh, the hidden uh, secrets of whatever it was, I've forgotten what it is right now. Um, it's a really long name. <laughs> the hidden secrets of your spiritual nature reveal there i got it um and it it um it covers the five different elements within each and every one of us and and those five elements are the same in each and every one of us we're all exactly the same inside and what most people probably don't realize or if they've heard it they don't understand it there's God essence energy within each one of us. That's what keeps us alive. That's what gives us life. But then there's this whole other part of us. And that's the individual nature that we have, which I call the individualized self. And that consists of two components, the ego self, which we've mentioned, and the true self. And the ego self is all fear and the true self is all love. And my book goes into all of that to help people to really understand that to, to wrap their heads around it, so to speak, and to be able to then use this information in a way to make better choices in their life and ultimately to elevate their own consciousness on their own. It's, it's a tool for people to understand how they can go through life and increase their consciousness. And what's the point of that? Well, you're going to have a help, happier life. Most people are miserable. They don't know they're miserable but they're always searching for the next big thrill and they substitute that for happiness. And so the goal is not to be searching for happiness. The goal is to be happy. And then when something great happens, you have a thrill. So that's just icing on the cake as opposed to most people. Well, what do they do? They're, they're happy. They're happy. All of a sudden, okay, that fades away as false happiness does. So now they're looking around for the next thing. Okay. I'm going to call my friend. That'll make me happy. Or let's go out to a bar. That'll make me happy. Or I'm going to go buy a new pair of shoes because that'll make me happy. And all those things do make you joyful, not happy, in a temporary way. And it's fleeting. As fast as it comes, it goes away. But real happiness doesn't fade. It's always there. It's constant. It's steady. It's not an up and a down like you have with, with those types of other events. It's just a very steady way to live where you're in a nice, even space, which is not to say that you don't ultimately or eventually get angry at times. And that's just the ego raising its hand and saying, remember me, here I am. But the goal is to transcend that, find that happiness within. And this book talks a lot about the components of all of that. And if people want to um, learn a little bit more about that, you can see over my head, my website address, brucebernstein.me forward slash podcast one. That will take people to a page where they can get this, um, a, a little report that I have that'll give them a little bit more insight into the book. And ultimately they can, if they do it um, right away, they'll be able to sign up for a free copy of the book once the book is published, um, because I will be having some free copies available for some folks. And um, 
and I will also have a link to this podcast and the video of it on that page. Um, but that, that's, that's the book. That's what it's all about. And I think people will find it to be very grounded mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. very um, accessible. It's, I, I tried to write things in a way, which was not always easy, to explain what are very difficult concepts for some to understand. Right, right. So find it in a way that would be accessible to them. So they're able to say, oh, yeah, I understand that. I get that. Well, let me ask you one last question. What is... What is consciousness? Consciousness is everything. There's a scientist who wrote a book. His name was, um, again, with the names. Um, well, the name of the book is, now that's out of my head as well. <laughs> um, Biocentrism is the name of the book. And the, the author's name is Dr. Robert, what's his last name? I've forgotten. Um, I read the, his books a while ago. But basically, He's used a scientific approach and scientific methods using physics and things like that to prove consciousness and that consciousness is everything. And that from a spiritual perspective has always been known, but he actually kind of talks about it from a very scientific perspective. And um, essentially everything is made up of energy. Energy is consciousness. If you want to use the term God, God is consciousness. When I talk about the God self, I'm talking about the, your individual portion of God that's within you that is connected to what I call the greater God, which is everything else. It's all connected. It's all one. It's all consciousness, ultimately. And that's, that's what the book is about. And that's what consciousness really is. It's, right. We are connected. Now, we don't know that we're connected, many of us, because we've lost touch with that aspect of ourselves. This book, presumably, will help people to start to get in touch with that aspect of themselves so they can open that back up for themselves. Right, right. And, and to follow with that, does consciousness, since everything in existence, you, I, the trees, the, the stars, the air, all is an aspect of consciousness, um, does consciousness create reality? That's a very interesting question. And I would say consciousness is reality. We create reality through our desires, our thoughts, and consciousness works with us to create the reality that we desire, be it good reality or bad reality. There is no judgment. Consciousness doesn't judge. God doesn't judge. We judge, but God does not judge. So if an ego self desire, which happens to be, as we would define it, evil, is in somebody's mind, God or consciousness is going to help them create that. God oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Bruce. If, them, if somebody firmly believes in negativity like hell and demons and all that kind of stuff they will create that experience for themselves not necessarily in that way no but as hawkins spoke about heaven and hell he talked about people coming from different levels of energy different different energy fields and so as he very aptly described it somebody who's calibrating at 600 who landed in an energy field of 100 after they died, that would be hell to them. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody who's calibrating at 100 landed in a field that's calibrating at 600 where everybody's in love and it's angels and everything's good. Everything that would works. be hell for them. That, that would be hell for them. So we that all... is so funny that you think that would be, that would, you would think that somebody at a 100 at a bare survival rate going to an existence where there's everybody's at 600 above and everything's working and flowing just fine and you know manifesting easily that's hell for them because because why why is all that good stuff they would hate it they prefer to pull out a gun and shoot somebody because that's what they know right that's what they're used to that's where their consciousness is that's their frame of reference they like the duality they like the polarity right they like the push and the pull explained that yeah and Mm. so um so yeah, so so that's what I would call consciousness. Oh, that's a great explanation. So everybody, that's really that's a really good great explanation, and you're going to hear it from so many people in this space that consciousness is 
is aware and knowing and it's everyone and everything in existence and um it's all connected it's all one and um it will also give you the freedom to have your own journey for your own um evolve you know evolution but at the end of the day Anything that you experience is a reflection of consciousness. So your reality that you're experiencing is a reflection of your own level of consciousness. And um, Bruce Bernstein's work and calibration method um, is another tool in the bag of tricks <laughs> that you can learn and if it and uh, apply to any questions that you have as well, as well as any of the other ones that you may have come across or kind of dabble into as well. So, um, you know, Bruce, I think we've presented a lot of really critical information for people to consider. Some of this is going to be a challenge for some people because it does not fit within their current um, paradigm, but that is, for them and for everyone's journey and um you know we all go to the same place so however down the rabbit hole you go good luck um but you know thank you again for a very fun interview and for information on bruce bernstein's offerings please visit his website it's right there which is brucebernstein.me for those um, podcast listeners who aren't seeing the video and um Again, thank you kindly for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.